Good morning, listeners, and welcome to episode 53. Yes, we're rapidly approaching Stephen's age of the Estate Agents podcast, joined as usual by my partners in crime, Stephen Brown, award-winning Stephen Brown. Good morning, Stephen. Morning, how are you? Very well, thank you. And uh, Luke St. Clair, who's already been up this morning, walked to the dog and come back with wet feet. How are you, Luke? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Too much detail. <laughs> Excellent. So, guys, I think one of the uh, common questions um, and commentary that's been across our Facebook page and LinkedIn and private messages is uh, an, an issue which is, uh, dare I say, gripping the country at the moment in terms of EA and its stock levels. Um, I know that mine are down. Uh, Luke, uh, we've had a conversation off air. I think yours are down as well. And you went to the uh, Right Move conference um, earlier in the week, and you've got some interesting stats on a national level that they've brought back to you. Can you just yeah. uh, feed through those? No, definitely. And and just the one thing I would say uh, uh, on Right Move is obviously they put on these seminars throughout the country, and they're they're free to go to, and they're well worth going to. So I went to one about uh, winning business, but then also one on the lettings legislation um, uh, and bits and pieces, which was really worthwhile in Huntington. But some of the insights that they gave was um, 72 days to agree a sale from the property coming to market. On average, it's taking 14 weeks to actually get that sale to completion. So in total, you're looking at 174 days that your vendors are waiting from putting their home on the market to actually getting the keys to their new home or handing the keys to their home to someone else. And let's just um, put that into some context, yeah. Luke, because you know, rewind 18 months in the old market, we were looking at an average of about 30 to 36 days on yeah. market. And we were looking at an average of 10 weeks through to completion. That's yeah, a significant changes. difference. You know, we're looking, we were looking at an 11 week or, um, you know, th 30 days on market, 10 weeks, yeah. you're looking at a, you know, an 11 week process. And now we're looking at half a year. Yep. Massive, massive, massive. And I think part of that is, uh, and something we can maybe help with our listeners today is how can we close that gap back down to the 30, 40 days from 72? Because there are things that we can influence and I'm sure Stephen's got some pearls of wisdom on his travels throughout the country and he normally has some good uh good takeaways to give to people uh as well but at a national level it's eight percent down on instructions three percent down on sales agreed so is is everyone else seeing that same i mean i know we're not we're, we're seeing we've seen more instructions this year we've seen more sales agreed um and just an interesting one with a couple of other ones, and I know this one will intrigue Stephen. One in ten buyers are actually landlords. So, uh, again, I know from turning data into gold and asking the right questions, are you maximising those opportunities on those phone calls and email inquiries? And 47% of listings have a price reduction, and the average price reduction is, um, in order to get the sale agreed from initial asking price, is 7%, and that's a big number isn't it when you consider the national um kind of asking price across the country is around kind of 300 310 thousand if you look at the house uh, price index from right move so seven percent of that's a big chunk of money well you're looking it's down to 279 thousand isn't it you know that's a 21 thousand hit it's uh yeah 
it's, it's, it's not a small amount of money. Well, to answer your question, Luke, um, our instruction levels have crept up slightly. Yeah. And our sales agreed. Um, we are 12, 13 sales ahead of our nearest competitor year to date. And I think, I think when the market, look, the, we, we talk a lot on this show about the old market and the new market. And the new market is very, very different. It's a roll your sleeves up market. It's get deals done. It's tenacity. Um, I think it's one-off viewings. It's off-market deals. And the one thing that, that I notice after you know, 26 years in the industry is that when, when we're working within an easy market, you can have anybody behind a desk and generally they'll achieve a sale or a, a modest degree of success because the market's ramping ahead. When the market goes into a decline, um, when the market starts to become challenging, I notice the same usual suspects succeeding and the same usual suspects struggling. And I think it, it's that, that old adage, isn't it? Cream rises to the top. So I think that when we hit challenging times, there are agents that are doing certain things and it's making them successful. There are agents that are continuing to do what they did in the old market and they're losing traction. And I think it's probably an ideal time to try and unpick what does, you know, what does an exceptional agent do in a difficult market to increase their market share, increase their sales, hold their own in terms of new instructions. Because it's my view that in a difficult market, the more expensive agents tend to become the attraction agents. It's well documented. I, I, I speak quite openly and freely um, on here about the fees that we charge. I'm passionate about charging 2%. I charge it because I offer a superior service and exceptional results. The, the net result for my client is more money in the, their pocket at the end of the transaction for their biggest tax-free asset. And I think that that's worth paying for. And I know it's something that we advocate quite quite highly. I'm noticing, I don't know about you guys, but I'm noticing, sadly, that the pressure on fees is becoming greater. And those agents that that, that are in the race to the bottom are becoming more so. I, I was on a valuation the other day and an agent, a national agent, had quoted 0.75% plus VAT if they didn't sign with myself. I mean, that's just crazy. It, yeah. Less stock less transactions and drive the fee down further. How can you possibly sustain a business? Okay, so I think you've answered the question there very well. Okay, so these are the facts. There will be fewer transactions. Okay, fact. Okay, and this, you know, and um, Luke's and Rightmove has obviously confirmed that 8% down on instructions nationally. Okay, so again, if there's going to be fewer transactions, what do you need to do? Okay, the smart people have increased their fees, okay, are adding more value, are demonstrating why they're worth that. Um, uh, and, you know, you rightly said we are in a different market now, okay. You have to adapt, you have to change, you have to do things differently. You know, so a lot of this comes down to your processes. So what can you do in your process to get your sales down um, from... 72 days to sales agreed. So that comes down to your pricing strategy and how you're pricing it in the first place and knowing how to overcome the two objections that you're going to get 
that the AA national agency would do it for 0.75%. So how do you demonstrate you're worth one and a quarter percent difference? Okay. And two, well, my property's worth a lot more. You know, will you put it on? So again, it's demonstrating to that vendor why you think that property is worth that price. And being able to walk away and not take it on sometimes for the level that they want it on. Um, I think that's a really good point, Stephen, because I, I do genuinely think as we move into 2020, it's going to become a year of the secondhand instructions. Um, for those that don't don't know what we're, we're talking about, then obviously first-hand instructions are when they, the property comes to the market. First off, it's fresh to the market, never been seen before. Second-hand instructions are when it's gone that, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20-week period with a competitor uh, hasn't sold, new agent comes on board, new pricing strategy, uh, fee that they deserve, and the property transacts. Um, and I do see that 2020 will, will be a year that we see a, a greater level of second-hand instructions. So, Stephen, what can people do? Luke, what can people do? Um, let's go back to the, to the instruction itself. Um, Stephen, you asked a, a very important question on um, one of your LinkedIn um, posts the other day. What makes us different? Just talk us through that story because you run a training session and asked how many people in the room? So I think there were about um, 12 people there. Um, and actually, Luke was kind enough to, to speak that morning as to his lessons from um, the Success Summit. He went to Tom Ferry in America. And one of the questions Tom Ferry posed is, can you write down five things that make you different from your competitors in the area? So I asked everybody, please, to write their five things down. And then I asked everybody to go around and say what their five differentials were. Um, and I would say at least 95% of their differentials were exactly the same. Now, obviously, they were, <laughs> they, they were non-competing agents. But the question is, they are all exactly the same. So what are you doing to be different? What are you doing to stand out? Um, and I'm not sure people can actually answer that question. And I know we were having a conversation and you were, and you were very honest and you said um, there's loads of other agents out there that struggle um, to, to answer that question. Um, well, listen, so Stephen, uh, off air, we spoke about it and I struggle with this. And, and I guess, you know, you, you've asked for five. I can only give you two. And my, my two biggest differences would be um, that since 2016, I've consistently achieved an average of 99.59% or 99.6% of asking price for my clients. So that demonstration of value. Um, okay, so again, and what I would say to people is, what does that actually mean? Okay, more so money what, in their pocket. What does that mean to a vendor? So again, and what I said to people, it's great demonstrating all these stats. That's fantastic. But if you don't tell me what it means, then it doesn't mean anything. So as a vendor, what does that mean to me? Yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there because, you know, certainly in my area, if, if, if you take up, as you know, we've talked about it before, a small localized area, 15,000 chimney pots, um, six, six main agents. So if you look at the average of the other agents, they're achieving 97% um, of asking price. As I said, I'm achieving 99.6. So there's a 2.6% uh, difference. So if you look at the fact that my average competitor will reduce their fee by uh, half of what I charge, there's still a 1.7% difference. And if we go back to that 
I'm just going to do the maths quickly. You can see me frantically reaching for the calculator here, Stephen. But average house price in my area is 225,000 times a 1.7% difference. That means my sellers end up with 3,825 pounds on average more in their pockets at the end of the transaction. So as you say, it's not just about giving the stat. It's about what, what's, the, what's the end result? What's the net result for our vendor? What, how does it benefit, as Sean Adams says regularly, how does it benefit your vendor or landlord? The other difference I've got is one that I took, uh, took inspiration from Luke and, and our friend Chris Watkin, and it's video. You know, we are incredibly active on video and social, both from a community element and a property element. But that's where, my, that, that, that's where I struggle. What's my number three, four, and five? Okay, Luke, but coming back to you with your video, what does that mean? You know, which well, so it means to my clients that so my clients are getting an average for certainly for our property videos, we get an average of between five and six thousand views um, each time we release one. So for my vendors, it's six thousand eyeballs that are seeing their property that they you know that wouldn't ordinarily be seeing it if they went to one of my competitors. And what does those and what does going to the wider audience help create then? Well, naturally, and this is, uh, you know, I feel as I'm ripping off Sean Adams here. I just uh, reading one of his textbooks. But it, when you're marketing a home, I think I think the first thing that we need to do as agents is to spell that myth that all we do is put the property on right move and the buyers come running. Because actually our buyers, if you look at, you know, we, we've run this detailed analysis within your mastermind group, haven't we, recently? So actually 40% of my buyers for my office last year or in the last 12 months have come from my database. So it's demonstrating that that power of that database that you've accumulated over 20 years of trading, those relationships that you've harnessed over that period of time are worth something. So I think we need to, we need to go back to, back to basics and explain to vendors where your buyers come from. And obviously is, is that a differentiator for you then? Well, yes, uh, yes. I suppose it is. There you go. You've helped me get number three. Luke, jump in. Help me out. What's four and five? What are your differentiators? So um, I was listening to the Million Dollar Agent podcast this morning whilst I went to go and um, uh, walk the dog. And, and one of the things John McGraw was talking about uh, was how can an agent that... So if, if you were going up against, say, someone like Matt Steinway, how could you compete against going up against Matt Steinway? So Matt... It's obviously one of McGraw's leading agents or number one agent. Um, and you think we got no chance, but just by being there in the sitting room or the living room, you're in with a chance, whether or not it's five or 10%. And people like to uh, align themselves with other customers. So other customers that have sold with you, why is it that they chose you and sold with you in the first, in the first instance? So, do ask the question of your current vendors and when vendors come to market, why is it that they chose you? And try to just drill down into that because that acts as a, again, Josh Vegan talks about the spacer uh, concept. And, and one of them is kind of uh, security or safety. And sometimes people go with the safe option because they want to align themselves with people that have been using uh, the agent that, with people like them. So if you're selling 1 million pound properties, like we were talking with Sean Newman, and uh, then why is it that people, is it because they love Simon's videos, that Simon Hawksley's videos? Um, is it because they're getting a one-on-one -on -one attention with the valuer, i.e. they're getting Andy, not a junior in the office. So that's why they're prepared to pay the 2% instead of 
0.75. So they get, they're getting the, the consultant, not the junior doctor, uh, as an analogy with it. So I would, I would suggest as a way of looking at it, that you can go back through all your instructions, look at why they're coming to market and use that information. But then also, what's your negotiation power? Because I'd, I'd question, do agents know how much that they negotiate for their owners? So from the point of instruct from the initial offer to the eventual sale price, how much extra value are you adding to that vendor? Because you're there as a paid property negotiator. That's a really interesting point. And I know that it's one that Stephen brings in a lot, isn't it? It's, it's the, the point of leverage from first offer to the sale agreed price. You know, how, I wonder how many business owners, Stephen, when you're traveling up and down the country would know that. They don't, very simply. Um, but what's interesting is, uh, and I have this conversation with every new agent that I'm speaking to, you know, would they have paid more money when they bought their home? Um, I had that conversation with three different people yesterday. Um, one guy said he would have paid £30,000 more um, on the property and the property he purchased. Um, and a couple of others said they would have paid five or £6,000 more. So as agents, I think you're spot on. We are here. Negotiation is a skill and can be a massive, massive differentiator. Um, and I would pay somebody more money if they could put more money in my pocket um and again um one of the things that you know we've spoken about is taking out and demonstrating one face to face how you negotiate that shows people how good you are negotiating but actually as luke says take out you know this is what we've negotiated over the course of a year you know this is what we've negotiated over the course of 20 years you know, so actually over the course of 20 years, we've negotiated an extra two, three, four, ten million 10 million pounds for our vendors. Now, that's a life changing amount. Um, you know, and actually, if you're an experienced agent, one of the differentiators could be, well, in my career, I've sold 9000 homes. OK, that's amounted to 10 million pounds of property. You know, what you're buying is you're buying my experience to help you get sales, let's whatever it is over the line and through. So again, it's, um, it's educating um, people exactly what you're doing and the reasons why, Andy. Yeah, so I want to unpack this listing process. And look, so in my area, there's 12% less stock uh, currently on the market and there are 32% fewer buyers registered. So I think it's clear to see that the pendulum is swung. It's, it's a buyer's market now, not a seller's market. Vendors want the best possible price for their home. Yep. How do we go about that, Luke? Um, so just something I wanted to touch on, and, and this is relating really well into how our conversation is going, is, is the, the, the Moments of Truth book. And, and I remember this from when we had... Uh, some training from Julian O'Dell. Um, Jan Carlson. Great. Yeah, Jan Carlson. So Scandinavian Airlines. So, um, and he sums it up in that any and every time a customer comes into contact with any aspect of the business, however remote, it's an opportunity to form a, an impression. And that, <clears throat> that then, you, you, you've got so many things that, 
these marginal gains that we can uh, these one percenters that we can look at improving upon so i'll give you i'll give you a prime example so we'll we're talking about uh, instructions being down an interesting statistic so when right move do their seminars um, whether or not you agree or disagree with their mystery shops is, is a different matter but the fact is that as an industry we're poor at identifying the opportunities that are slapping us in the face so they sent in uh, an inquiry to everyone in the room and only eight percent and I bet you there was probably 120 agencies in the room. 8% only identified the opportunity that a person had a property to sell. That's and just appalling, isn't and, it? And yet, and, yet, and yet we wonder why we're, um, we're, we're not gaining the instructions. We're not getting instructions at the right fee that we feel with because, because we're, not, we're not being the professionals. We're not being the Premier League. We we should be the premier league if you want those fees you've got to be the premier league you've got to be the champions league of the of the estate agency world so it goes back to basics and looking at all of those little interactions that you're having with that you're having with customers we went through our best estate agency guide with uh mystery shop yesterday um and it comes back to that one in ten buyers a landlord so how many times are you asking that question to that inquiry if they are a landlord and Stephen's got great questions and ways of opening these these clients up I'm sure if they reach out to Stephen he might even be prepared to share them and might even give us a few few lines now come on Stephen give us your favorite one give, give oh. us the one that every taxi driver in Birmingham has heard since the mastermind inception three years ago okay so is this your only property is it part of a larger property empire and even if they say I've only got one that's great. When was the last time your letting agent offered to take you for a coffee to maximize your investment? The answer always comes back as never. Would you be interested in maximizing your investment? Of course. Great. So are you around tomorrow at one o'clock or four o'clock to go for a coffee? Four o'clock. Fantastic. Booked in. By the way, um, would you be interested in refinancing and taking out another one? Of course I would. Yep. Okay, great. We'll talk about that as well. Okay. nuggets absolute nuggets exploring and, and, every opportunity and, and again do you know what um i accept the fact that instructions are down okay that's you know that's facts throughout um you know we talked about josh vegan um 11 reasons why people have to move okay so it, it's not doom and gloom out there there are agents having record months Okay, you just have to be a lot smarter and a lot more disruptive in your questions. You know, the amount of people I've asked, are they in their dream home that have said no is incredible. And if I was to find them their dream home, would they consider moving? They will say yes. So, again, you know, that one question just opens up another question to find something else. You know, you mentioned at the start about one off viewings. You know, there's there's people there that will sell. It's going back, we've talked about it before, withdrawns, you know, door knocking withdrawns, going through withdrawals on your database. People have made, um, you know, and, and I looked at um, Data Loft yesterday. Um, and again, you know, and the same with Chris Watkin, you know, they, put, they give all these charts that tell you what's happened with prices. So, you know, there was one that said that prices over five years in your area, particular area, have risen 25%. 
well, actually, those people five years ago, they've got a hell of a lot of equity in their property now. You know, so, you know, could they take money out? Could they become a landlord? And I know, you know, obviously there's loads of legislation there for, for landlords. Um, and then if you take um, Spencer Lawrence, who is an exceptional letting agent at Paramount in um, northwest London, you know, again, um, who won the outstanding award for an outstanding contribution at EA Masters, you know, again, look at what these people were doing. He's trying to see himself as almost a wealth manager. Okay, so how can he help his landlords go from one put one um, one property to two properties and make a difference? Um, and likewise, you know, again, how many of your landlords own their own home? Okay, what do they think it's worth? You know, can you get in front of your landlords and their properties? Are they in their dream home? You know, maybe if they've owned it for 10, 15, 25 years, can they take money out and buy some more properties? No, because you can still get some good um, good yields if people are buying for yield or are they buying for capital appreciation. So again, there's opportunity there. As a buyer, God, I think as a buyer now, what a great opportunity to buy. You know, everybody's waiting. So obviously one of the reasons I would expect buyers are waiting is because nobody knows what's going on. Don't say it, Stephen. Nobody, the word is banned. Okay, so nobody knows what's going on. So everybody's sitting on the fence. Well, that's great for people who aren't sitting on the fence because there's less competition at the moment. So maybe there's vendors out there that do need to sell, that are motivated to sell, that will take a big offer. Whereas if that gets sorted very soon, and who knows what the hell's going on, but if it does get sorted, more certainty in the market, more buyers come into the market, tries the market up. Because there's, you know, two, three, four, five, six people competing against each other. So what story are you sharing with your buyers? Absolutely, it's great advice. So, I had a question during the week that was sent to me on my, my personal page. Um, somebody had watched my video price to entice and it simply asked, does that mean you undersell the property? And Luke, I know you've got a view on this. Um, we spoke about price to entice. I've got six or seven examples this month where we've priced a property with an enticing headline price and we've by far exceeded it. You know, we, we're talking, eight, nine, 10, 16% over the guide price. Um, and it's a strategy that you've used as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it is part of, you've got to have that trust with, with the owner, but also it can't be a misleading price. It's got to be a realistic price. And as long as you're supporting your conclusions with the right evidence, then, then it's about attracting the interest because you want the, the buyer down the street you want the out of area buyer you want um, maybe someone that isn't particularly committed at the minute because they all see everyone as competition and it's the competition that's then going to drive the price and the market will then find its price because we know a property is worth what someone's prepared to pay for it our job is to get the buyers in front of the vendor to get them around the home to to appreciate the home and that's our job is to is to match the people the buyers with the homes and to get the best possible price and it's and we're a marketing business we're not a selling business we're a marketing business and and just just kind of coming back 
about what Stephen's saying about educating educating those buyers. So part of the process isn't just about pricing to enticing. It's about educating those buyers that you're coming into contact with. So when you're speaking to them and registering them in your database, are you actually educating them to say what's selling? How many have you sold lately? And what are they selling for? So that when they go around homes that you're selling, they know that they've got to be on the mark with, with their offer. Um, that's and just going to cut in there, Luke. Yeah. That's really important. So part of our viewing feedback process, and I know it's part of the, the feedback process at Knightsbridge as well. I think it's really, really, this buyer education is really, really important. So we had a scenario recently, we priced to entice, offers over 75. It ended up going north of 100,000. We had 30 viewings booked on that, uh, 36 viewings booked, 30 actually turned up. And when we sale agreed the property, one of the processes that my, my colleagues in the office, my staff queried was, why am I going back to tell those buyers what it actually sold for? And it, it, it boils down to that educational, you, you know, those buyers will at some point in the next five to seven years become sellers. And if you're the agent, that every time they miss out on a property, every time um, something happens in the market, you're informing them and you're educating them about the price that it went for, the number of viewings they had, the, the, the length of time it was on the market, the levels of interest that you had, the levels of inquiries that you had. When those buyers become sellers, who do you think they're naturally going to gravitate towards to represent them? Stephen, you've got a view on this, haven't you? Is that number four? Number four? Differential. <laughs> okay yeah, okay yeah yeah okay so again i think that's fantastic because you are educating people exactly what's going on so can i take that a little bit a little bit further please do when, as part of your process so when you're booking in a viewing okay and you send a viewing conf confirmation um and you have to excuse me because i'm a bit out of the loop so sending a viewing confirmation are you sending that buyer comparables as to the reason why that property is on at that price because and what other comparables there are out there so they can make a judgment as to the price it's on at. because um, you're educating them from the start you know the reason why it's come up on this price is because this sold for this this sold for this this sold for this i'm going to get controversial here as well stephen would you show them what's on the market with other agents well i would like to know that they already know um, and I think it, I think it's our job actually, you know, and again, you talk about the long term and this is going to be thinking out of the box and very different is a buyer should know. So, you know, I've had, and I keep on going back to this John Savage story, which I think is exceptional where he did a viewing with, um, this lady showed three properties, realized it wasn't the right property for her. <clears throat> excuse me, and dropped her outside an agent's, um, a state agent's office and said, right, the property you want to buy is in that estate agent's, go and buy it. And she said, why would you want to take me to um, your competitors for me to buy a property? And for me, that's exceptional service. You know, he, he sold, yes, he sold a competitor's property, but guess what happened? I bet he got a lot of reciprocal business. <laughs> not half. No, not from the agent, but he got her business when she sold it three, four, five, six years later. She told every single one of her friends, you can't believe what this estate agent did. You know, he dropped me at another agent. So I bought it there. If you're looking to buy, if you're looking to sell, go to this agent. You know, he built up so much trust 
because of what he did. It boils you know? down to being a trusted advisor again, doesn't it? You know, we are... Sadly, this, this profession has got the, one of the lowest barriers of entry and hopefully with Roper and, and, and the increased legislation, that will all change. But you're dealing with somebody's biggest tax-free asset. And I think that if you can remember that, if you can demonstrate that you're adding value, if you can become a trusted advisor, you know, I know that Chris Watkin uh, with his videos, he talks about doing the landlord and investment videos by going outside a house, whether it's with you or with a competitor, if it's got a great yield, standing outside doing a video and saying, hey, investors, if you're in the market to buy something, this one's got a fantastic 7.2% yield and it's on the market with ABC estate agents that are not associated with your business. You know, I think that's great. I think uh, the example you just used with John Savage, that's awesome. You know, we should be, you know, coaching, coaching buyers, whether it, whether it be an opportunity for our own agency or for others, because you're demonstrating additional value. Luke. Um, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, just a, a couple of bits, uh, just to touch on with going back to what Andy was saying is that just, schedule some time in your diary to even if it's 10 minutes 15 minutes to listen to a podcast watch a video that's relating to our industry so that you're topping up your knowledge every day again david beckham when he was a footballer he didn't just turn up on a saturday and kick the ball around the pitch every day he was practicing and and yes we, we, we work every day but i'm sure we could spend 10 minutes on the way into work 10 minutes before you start the day learning each day so just a couple of bits from the things i've picked up this week with 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 my learning is i listened to the million dollar agent podcast this morning and that was all about uh, where we, and i mentioned it earlier the your last 20 clients and why they instructed you so people can align themselves with the success of those clients why are they successful with you um josh vegan i listened to on uh, monday or tuesday and and he said again some of the things that we hear back from business owners or managers is that yeah but i've said it to, i've said it to the staff and and they're not doing it just because you've said it once doesn't mean that they've heard it you've got to say it 13 14 15 30 times before it eventually sinks in so don't just expect that you can just say well come on guys we need to uh, make sure that we check every right move lead that they've got a property to sell you can't just say it and accept that it's going to be done you've got to check it you've then got to reinforce it and and review it every time and if that's reviewing it in your morning meeting reviewing it a week later um just keep that prep so every morning right the right move leads yesterday have we checked all the opportunities there are they landlords are they uh local homes to sell um mortgage opportunities whatever it is is your focus but just schedule that time in once a day um, where you can listen to whether it's our podcast, the Josh Vegan does free content every day. He does a daily email. Tom Panos does the daily email. There's lots out there that you can use to help yourselves. And I think don't be afraid to lead from the front either, Luke, because yeah. if, if you, if you feel that your colleagues are missing an opportunity, if you feel that, um, that there's, there's an opportunity that's, that's gone wasted, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, stand up make that phone call demonstrate and make an example of the situation not make an example of the member of staff make an example of the situation lead from the front and demonstrate value I'm sorry I'm getting distracted uh, Luke who have you got joining you on the bed that's Toby <laughs> 
<laughs> Toby's a cutie. Okay, that's probably a great uh, opportunity to wrap up this podcast, guys. We hope you've found value from it. Stock levels, yes, they've dropped, but opportunities have increased. Where stock levels drop, great opportunities for exceptional estate agents increase. If you have uh, any questions as a result of anything that we've discussed today, or indeed any questions moving forward, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our social networks, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and all of the usual. In fact, I think even Stephen's getting more active on the gram recently as well. So uh, please uh, rate, review, and share. We really appreciate your time and attention. And if there's anything uh, that we can help with as a specialist subject or an, an individual question that you might have, we'd be happy to answer it. But from now, from me and the team, Luke and Stephen, we bid you good day. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. See ya.